So when is a bill not a bill? When the government doesn't do their chemistry homework on the cannabis plant. The farm bill gets passed in December, and it's taken until now to figure out what to do about CBD. More importantly, where do you get your banking done? Becky Dansky from Washington, D.C. on part two of three is on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Now you've got a situation in Washington. I'm, I'm not going to ignore the fact that there is such an incredible divide between mm-hmm. these two parties that, you know, there is um, um, starting to talk about impeachment of a president is always a difficult time. I do remember the last time this. Oh, wait, excuse me. It did happen with Mr. Clinton. Too. It did. President Clinton. Too. Sorry, I was going back yeah. to the seventies. No, no, there that, was that one other. That yeah, other in between. one, right? That, you know. And by the way, I get it, and it was there, and all that. Um, that being said, do you? I'm sure you are hoping that that kind of avenue does not get attached to this issue. Yeah, I. I think uh, one of the comments I made earlier today when we were speaking was that uh, the fact that we have 20 Republican co-sponsors in the House and we have five in the Senate, that is a sign that leadership has not said to their caucus, you're not allowed to go out there on this. And that in these politically trying times, there is definitely occasion when that happens, when you can see that one party or the other, everybody's in lockstep. You looked the other day, every single member of the Democratic caucus was a co-sponsor of the Equality Act. That was the caucus saying, this is where we stand as Democrats. Um, that's not the case with Republicans on this. The, the leaders in both chambers of the Republican Party are clearly not telling their caucuses they can't support it. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and I think that indicates that it um, will be able to get more Republicans in both chambers before, uh, before we're done with this bill. And, uh, and last time I checked, yeah. the Republican Party and money, it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, it, it, over history, I was a history major yeah. at Tufts <laughs> University, by the way. I graduated. Um, not this weekend, but, you know, <laughs> it was 40, 40 years ago this weekend. Um, so, you know, I just wonder, how, how, can this get screwed up is really my big question. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I... I um, 
the country has moved on with cannabis. Yeah. We poll in the mid to low 90s for medical mm -hmm. and in the mid 80s when you look at just Republicans when it comes to medical cannabis. Right. So an overwhelming majority of yep. Americans. I've worked on dozens of issues in my lifetime. I've never seen anything poll the way this does when you're talking about medical. And banking affects medical. Uh, and so... You're, think, you're, you're, you're connecting dots. Yeah, and I, I, I think that more and more of them are getting it. Yeah. Um, that said, Congress is woefully behind the states yeah. on this issue. Mm -hmm. This is very similar to what happened with marriage equality in terms of the states uh, reached a tipping point before there was attention at the federal level. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are on this now. Um, when, when you can get in the high 70s in s southern states for mm -hmm. medical. Mm -hmm. This conversation is over when it comes to medical. Right. The other issue um, is where's the administration on this? And uh, all signs seem to point to they would be happy to see this happen. Even Barr, uh, who is no supporter of marijuana legalization, essentially endorsed the States Act right. the last time he was asked about it because yep. he said, you know, this we can't keep things, we need to do something about this. Right. So everything should line up correctly. That said, because things work the way things work now, you can sometimes have something in a bill, and then it goes to conference committee where representatives of both chambers from both parties get mm -hmm. together, and there's a conversation in a room, and we don't know what happens, and they come out, and it's gone. Um, and that has happened before with cannabis in terms of there was an amendment for veterans that uh, was approved that then in committee and then once the conferees met, it was removed and we, we don't necessarily know who or why. Um, and by the way, that is criminal in my opinion. These are people that have put their lives on the line for absolutely. our freedoms. They're trying to get access to a chemical a drug that can help them, and they are denied it because of the federal uh, illegalization, because of the Controlled Substances Act, because it's a Schedule One drug. By the way, if we do this banking thing, are we going to attach the descheduling down to maybe number two, or is that one of those amendments that, you know? So descheduling, that actually um, raises a point about the other banking bill that mm -hmm. you frequently hear about, the States Act. The States Act, right. States Act would amend the Controlled Substances Act, not to change the scheduling, but to take the criminal penalties that um, would be attached to a bank working with someone with some other drug on the schedule, yep. would not apply in cases where there was a state, state legal marijuana program. Right. That becomes, and what we're start, we hear sometimes, some of the resistance to that versus the Safe Banking Act is the idea of, going back to what you said, amendments. Right. If we start opening up the Controlled Substances Act, um, there is potential that other people are going to want to do other things. And anything that um, even hints at descheduling mm -hmm. is a bridge too far mm -hmm. for even people who are co-sponsoring the SAFE Act at this point. Mm -hmm. And so when we, uh, when we talk about descheduling, at the end of the day, for yeah. banking purposes, descheduling right. is the ultimate solution. No more gray area. Right. No more reading between the lines. I, no more SAR reports. Right. All of that. Mm -hmm. But that is the ultimate end game for marijuana in this country overall. And we're just starting this. If we get the safe vote and we... When we have the safe vote, that is going to be historic. Right. Um, and as much as we'd love to say, let's get it all at once. Right. 
unfortunately, that's just not where lawmakers in D.C. are. Go back to what Barney Frank said. Yeah. Make sure you get something that you can win, yeah. right? You move forward. Get a win under your belt yeah. first before you go for the home run. Get yeah. the single before you get the home run. It makes sense. I love sports analogies. No, no, I, understandably, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah and, that's, and that's one of the things. There was a time in D.C. When I, when I first came to town, we did take principled votes mm-hmm. on occasion mm-hmm. where you knew that you weren't going to win, but you wanted everybody to be on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is is become more of a thing of the past mm-hmm. uh, because... One, you're, if you're running the show, you're not going to bring something to the floor that you think you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And and the other, because people say, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some lobbyists even prefer not to do that because if somebody votes no, it's going to be harder to switch them to a yes once they've uh, you know, dug their heels in, in, in so far as to casting a vote. And so instead, you know, most of the time we know where 99% of the votes are before they start voting. Um, if we're doing our jobs correctly, right, and and so that's that's part of this right now is is doing the counting. You got your checklist. I saw your little check. It's like fantasy baseball. You're going down <laughs> the, the the lineup of the various congressmen. You're going, yep, yep. Oh no, oh, can't talk to them. Oh, we want to talk to them. <laughs> but that's how you uh, that's how your day is, right? I mean, that's what you do. That's your well, job. When we get to this point in the process, you, yeah. you start by focusing on the committee chair, and mm-hmm. then you focus on the committee, mm-hmm. and you see where the support is. And then when you start thinking, okay, there's a real chance this is going to the floor, we need to start looking at numbers. And even, um, I wouldn't say specifically on this vote, on any vote, when you start talking to leadership to, say, Speaker Pelosi's office or um, Steny Hoyer's office, um, which does a lot of the coordinating about timing for the floor, mm-hmm. is you should go to them with a sense of where we are on this mm-hmm. um, if they don't already know that, if it's not an issue that they've been tracking. And so um, that's a part of the important work that we can do is to retain all the intelligence we can get. So the folks from NCIA who are going to be lobbying on this bill mm-hmm. uh, today, tomorrow, um, taking that feedback, and that's going to affect where people are in some of those columns. Let's talk about CBD real quick. Sure. Um, you know, Mitch McConnell, my God, he was mentioned three or four times in today's little uh. panel. I was pretty impressed by that, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, I, the fact that they got the Farmac passed with hemp now but it, it, it so exposed them to realize they really didn't understand CBD. Yeah. And they certainly didn't understand. I think they understood hemp because, like, well, that's the one that doesn't get you high. Yeah. I mean, it's simple as that, right? Oh, that's what doesn't have a, as hey, much Hey, we're THC. lucky. I've, I've worked in some states where there were opponents who didn't understand the difference and fought hemp bills because they thought that it was a gateway to legalization. So at least he's there. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. And he signed the bill with a hemp pen, which I thought was kind of symbolic, yeah. too, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, and now we have this issue with CBD, and they did not think this through. They did not think about the infusion opportunity or challenge, if you mm-hmm. will, because the restaurant industry is on record as saying, look, we want to use the CBD component yeah. because it's a positive additive. Yeah. And, and, but again, you know, it is a Schedule One drug still now, yeah. isn't it? Doesn't it come from a Schedule One drug, yeah. doesn't it, right? So we're not so sure. It's a it, it's not a mess because of people like you and people like the NCIA who are actually educated enough and understand both sides of the arguments, even though one is based on 80 years of propaganda. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Do we see that CBD will be under the Food and, and Drug Administration, the FDA? So, a uh, disclaimer, my expertise is okay, in marijuana. Fair enough. But obviously, it's become virtually impossible to completely separate the two. And one of the reasons, and one of the reasons why they're running into trouble with uh, CBD post-Farm Act yeah. is um, that, and from my opinion, yep, is, yeah. that, is the testing issue. Right. Because when you're talking about is something marijuana or is it hemp, we're talking about decimal points. Right. And right now the testing is such that you can be within a 10 percentage point margin of error and still be considered accurate. Right. So that means uh, take a legal product in your state of Massachusetts, uh, mm -hmm. say an edible. Mm -hmm. It might say that it's 22% THC, but it could be 12 mm -hmm. or it could be right. 32. No, right. And it would still, in, in some states, um, I'm not sure what the margin of error is for Massachusetts off the top of my head, but in some states. So the, the question of if something is hemp, and, and they're going back and forth with this uh, poor gentleman who was caught with the truck full of what he thought was hemp, and then they said, no, it tested, and this is marijuana, and he was driving me through of all places, Idaho, right. the one state that doesn't even have a CBD oh. law, one of the three states that doesn't. And um, and so you, you see this issue, and there's a difference of opinion in Congress. Some think that they've given the FDA everything they need to move forward on this, and some, including Mr. McConnell, say, no, we need for further legislative uh, clarification. And so uh, the SAFE bill will actually cover CBD in it. Um, in my understanding, in the version that will be brought to the so, floor. So those who are in the CBD business or have a product that is CBD mm -hmm. infused will be able to do banking? Um, as far as anyone doing anything else, and, and that's, I'm sorry to be such a lawyer on this sort of stuff. No, it's okay. SAFE does not guarantee every bank is suddenly going to do this. Right. This is going to make it possible and have something, a permanent law, not a guidance, not a memo, not something attached to appropriations that's going to expire in a year. Gotcha. This is a law that you can point to and says, here it is in U.S. law saying that we shouldn't be discriminated against or targeted mm -hmm. or regulators shouldn't you know, go after us. It's a first step. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it would have to the extent that SAFE covers uh, state legal marijuana business, it would cover CBD, mm -hmm. is my understanding of it. Interesting. Well, your understanding is better than mine. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I marvel at that, by the way, because you were right in the middle of this. And I think that the those who are pro-cannabis, and pro-cannabis media obviously mm -hmm. is a pro-cannabis group, um, support what you guys are doing. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. This podcast is produced by the ProCannabis Media Group out of Boston, Massachusetts, for the enjoyment and education of our audience. Any medical advice or opinions shared are not a reflection of the ProCannabis Media Management or any of the In the Weeds distributors, including CLNS Media and C-Suite Network.